It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. London Pugmire, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the youngest ever guest by, I think, a very long shot. I'm trying to think of the youngest person I've had. I'm sure they're in their mid-20s. 13 years of age, is that correct? Yep. Coming out of Idaho, the United States of America somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute thrill to have you on the show today, London. And uh, for context, we'll get into some of your story in a minute, but for context, uh, the reason that you and I know each other is we uh, bumped into each other at a fu- funnel hacking live event in Orlando early this year where your mum and your mum and your amazing mum and dad were managing a, um, a merchandise, huge merchandise stand there and, and uh Something energetically brought us together. And maybe it was because I was wearing my my crazy cowboy hat at the time. And one of the one of the guys you were talking to was uh, a fan of cowboys in Australian accents. Who knows? Who knows? But the, the reason that I was so excited to have you on this podcast today, the premise of the show is to bring on people that have a message that will empower, inspire, and motivate people to take action for themselves, to to become their own superhero. And so often in our lives, we idolize other superheroes like Spider-Man and and Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Batwoman and, you know, (laughs) all the litany of other Marvel characters that exist out there. But you, you, London, to me, are the epitome of someone who is becoming their own superhero and to have your message out into the world, I think is a matter of uh, national importance. So I wanted to thank you for coming on today and sharing whatever you want to share. That's important to you. Thank you so much. So my first question is what happened to you and why do you want to talk about it? Well, it was um, so I was in fifth grade a year ago. I was sexually assaulted by a close family member. He was practically family because he he was like my best friend. And he was about my sister's age, about 16. And it was really hard at first, you know, because I like I had a lot of trust for him and he had broken my trust. And so after it, it was really hard to trust people. And like even my own dad was hard to trust. 
And like, cause I know, like I trusted for so long and I never thought something was going to happen, but then it did. So I didn't know if I could trust other people. So I had a lot of like problems with like giving people my trust and like be able to like fully open up to them. And um, it was really hard for me to like talk about it to other people. And my friends would tell me about how like they had similar problems and like how they haven't told anybody and they even felt afraid to tell their parents. And that just crushed me. And I was like, like, even like, I just want to help them. And I want to be able to share my story to help empower them to feel like they can come out and talk about it. And we, we love you so much for, for being brave enough to share this. Right. And, and it, you know, I think Anna said, my wife, when she interviewed you, it's still relatively fresh, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, you were, you were only 11 years old at the time and, and he was 16, as you mentioned. So there was like, there's a, there's a whole list of, of challenges in there. The, the experience itself, you, you went and spoke to an adult straight away. Do you mind sharing yeah. what happened Yes. So we were on the bus and like right after it happened, my sister had saw through the crack of the bus and she like warned my mom. She's like, something's just not right. And so my mom called me up, you know, and I was just like, she could tell something was wrong. So she pulled me up in the seat above and she like, I just like started crying and I just like told her what happened and everything. And like, she was so great. Like I was so scared what she was going to think, you know, cause like, I didn't even know, like, I don't even know what had happened is wrong. Cause I'd never been experienced to something or like, like had anything happen like that before and so it was really new and fresh and it was really hard but she was like we're gonna do everything we can to protect you like this is not your fault like this is on him because like I felt some of that guilt and like I still do sometimes for like not saying anything and like speaking up like when it was happening but they were she was awesome about it and my sisters they were so supportive and they helped me through the whole trip because we were in Mexico at the time and they helped protect me and keep me away from him the whole trip. The for for context and only share whatever you you happy to share. Yeah, yeah. It it was you were on a bus. There's a the whole bunch of families together. It was on a bus and <laughs> and it was under the the guise of he thinking that you were asleep. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And and your sister saw through this the gap in the seats and the bus something wasn't right and she went and lured your mum and then that's and you and then you. Although you were awake the whole time, you you sort of pretended like you'd just woken up and that sort of startled and, yes. and then prevented further assault. Okay. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, and I'm and I want to be trying to be as delicate around this subject as I can because I mm-hmm. um I don't want to ever re-traumatize. All right. <laughs> and but I, I never would have brought you on here if I thought that that was, you know, a, a real thing. The context of it, I think, is really significant because the question that I that I would love to ask is, given the the benefit of hindsight, you know what I mean by that word, like the, of, of retrospect, of like looking back, mm-hmm. is there any alternate outcome that you could have hoped would have happened from the moment that that mum was alerted to what had happened? So when it like a few weeks after and like a couple months after it happened, I was like, Oh, I would give anything to go back. You know, like I would go back in a heartbeat and like change what I'd done, you know, or like reacted faster and known what to do. But like looking back now and like the things I've learned from it, 
like I wouldn't have been who I am right now without it. And I wouldn't be able to help people. And like, I want to be the person I've grown into be right now. And I want to have the maturity that I have right now. And so I'm honestly like grateful in a way that it happened because this made me who I am. Uh, which is such a grown-up, wonderful, mature <laughs> response that most adults can't come to grips with. Um, I, I, I see where you're coming from with regards to that response, and and I'm I'm also talking around like if you were talking to another another young eleven year old woman, girl, right, who's who's sitting in that situation on a bus, and the the assault has just happened. Is there any other outcome? that you could say, hey, here's what I would do in that situation now with the benefit of looking back? I mean, it's hard to say to someone who's happened so fresh because personally from like what, if I was like that person, I would want to be like attacking the person, you know, and like speaking up and like at least like saying something. Like, because what I did was I just like woke up and like I kind of wish I would have been like, hey, you know, like stop. So I probably would have given like, hey, maybe like next time when it happens, if you get involved around something like that, or if like, since you still have trauma from that and a guy comes like preferably with your boyfriend and he tries to do something like that and you're still not comfortable with it, maybe you can like speak up next time. But I wouldn't put any shame on them and like really like say next time do this or like you did this wrong, you should do this. So I would never do that, but I'd be like for further notice, then next time it happens, you could do this for your comfortability yeah uh, yeah exactly right and and i think the um so i'm clear this would be like if you were to write a guide a guidebook of like how to how to manage all of these and navigate these circumstances to someone that's never gone through any of the stuff you would never ever want to shame someone for anything because well that doesn't serve anyone and it certainly doesn't make the situation any better right yeah so you've gone through this, this experience. There's a rippling effect across the community and family and, and all kinds of stuff that happens. And, and at the time, it seems like the, the world is crashing in. And, and did you have moments where you sort of reached out to God and you were like, you know, why, why did this happen? Why did you allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. I felt that very deeply for a very long time and it like I feel like that was like the hardest part getting over was like the guilt and like why me like why did that happen to me like I would always like before I go to bed I always pray so I would just like I would cry and I just prayed to him like why me like why do I have to go through this like what did I deserve to go through this but like now that I think about it like this was meant to happen so I can help other people like running into you like there were over 5,000 people at that conference The like the ability that we were able to like catch eye contact and come and see each other was like crazy. Like if you put like me and a thousand or 5,000 people in a room, the possibilities of F even like meeting is insane. So the, like, it's just like, it was bound to happen. Like that's crazy. And I want to be here on your podcast if that hadn't happened. <laughs> so <laughs> well that's look it's it's very it's very unlikely that you would be on here for that particular reason but you never know but I hear what you're saying and for context the the reason why uh 
I, I don't really know how to explain it, but like the energy of that event was lots of brilliant people from all around the world. And instinctively with, with the permission of the group, which you were a part of, um, after talking for a few minutes, I shared some of what had happened to my wife, Anna, who's got a podcast, um, world's best, uh, trauma recovery podcast, uh, and shared her childhood sexual abuse. And then basically, you know, without even thinking or hesitating, you shared that something happened to you as well. W was that the first time that you'd ever publicly shared it in that environment? Well, it was, I've like, I shared it with like close family members, but like, I never knew you. And so it was kind of like new to like, just open up and say it, but it felt right. Well, it was, it was a real, I want to say a real privilege to, to have someone open up in that fashion, particularly, you know, someone at, at, at 13, like I think about my, my own life when I was 13, my life was in turmoil and I was, <laughs> I was, uh, running away from my mother and, and, and going, I went to go live with my father at 13 or 14 as well. Like I had lots going. I didn't have the measuredness uh, and the, the, the grown upness that you had, the maturity. And um, I was like, who is this girl? And I, and, uh, and then we're able to facilitate a connection between you and my, my amazing wife, Anna, and that sort of snowballed from there. Uh, there's so many questions that I have. The, the, one of the main ones is around what do you think you want to do with this gift that you've got now? Oh, there are so many things that I want to do. Like I have like a list of things that like I could use with this and like I want to go forward and like using this for something like as a career for when I'm older because I just want to be able to help people, you know, like that's like my favorite thing, you know, and helping people through this is like 10 times better. So um, I have a school counselor at my school and she has helped me so much. I brought her up in Anna's podcast too, but she's the best. And I want to be able, when I'm older, I want to be a school counselor like she is so I can help another little kids like me or a boy who's young as me and help them through anything that they need because I just love helping people. And so that's probably what I would do. Which is uh, which is great. And, and you were helping people long before this happened, right? How are you helping people? Um, so me and my mom, right, like, be, um, before this happened, I, like, I loved horses, you know, and I wanted to, like, go out and, like, help people all the time, and we, we had just started looking at horses and stuff, and we found these people who had horses, and we, like, gained this connection with them, and now my mom, she does horse therapy, equine therapy, every weekend, and she helps, like, um, veterans from the like and retired military and retired police officers who have PTSD and I would go out there and help her and they range from like ages from like eight to like as old as you are and um they help people and they do help with breathing and I go out and help her a lot and that's what I would do. I remember listening to that interview with uh, Anna and you were talking about the significance of equine therapy, like dealing with horses. They're very slow breathing animals, aren't they? Or slow mm -hmm. heart rates. Yep. And you, and you kind of nuzzle up and you're like, mm -hmm. it's all, it all gets in sync and that's what helps calm people down. Is that right? 
Yeah. It's helped me a lot. What else has helped you? Um, I feel like opening up to people, like talking about it is like one of the key factors. Like, like if something happens to people and they don't share it, then it's just all bottled up. But like talking about it and getting it out and sharing your experiences with others helps them as well to like be like, oh, well, she did it so I can do it. Like it's even when you're at school and you're like, say you have like a really cute outfit or something. And you're like too afraid to wear it because you don't know what people are going to think of you. But then you see someone else wearing it. And then it gives you the courage to go wear it because you're not going to be the only person doing it. So it's like the, the speaking up. So once I started doing it, then I can like help other people to speak up because then they'll be like, oh, she did it. So I can do it. That's so great. There's a quote from a very famous man called Les Brown, who we've spoken mm-hmm. about. He says, what people think of me is none of my business. <laughs> Do you think that that has helped you in any of this healing journey, a statement like that? Yeah. It's, I have, I've had problems with like what people think of me and like being good enough for people. But like going through this and like, real, like having the realization, like it's all in like your head and like you can think people are thinking things about you and like they could be spreading rumors, but hurt people. My mom always tells me, she goes, hurt people, hurt people. And so when someone's hurt, cause you have, they look perfect on the outside, you know, and like you wish you would be, you looked like them and you wish you had their life, but like you have no idea what happens behind closed doors. So my mom always tells me like, if you're having comparison problems where people are being rude to you or, or like something like that, like, what's the whole story? What don't I know? And if I knew, how would it change what I thought about them? Because they come to school and they like show off this like whole image of themselves that could completely be not true because they have like problems at home. And so they want to come to school because that's like the only place where they can like truly be themselves. (laughs) You're exactly right. And, you know, as a 13 year old, that was my first year of high school back in New Zealand. There was nothing more important than being liked by you, by your peers. It was an all boys school, it was about 1200 students. And if you didn't, if you, if you were shunned by the rest of everyone, and thankfully that never happened to me, because uh, I was a chameleon, I was a chameleon. Like I was, I could get on with the jocks and the, and the nerds and the, um, you know, although they were, it sounds racist, but they were like the Asians, like they were, you know, cause it was so, it was just this, how it was back then. Right. And I got on, I got on well with, with all of those, those um, demographics, but I can imagine the, the, the challenge around trying to take on a quote, like what people think of me is none of my business. Like it's a lot easier once you've lived a bit of life, I think, but yeah. as a, as a 13 year old, like for, for your schoolmates that are listening to this, and I know that they will listen to this. What advice do you have of what you know, right? It doesn't have to be right. What, what mm-hmm. advice would you give for people that are that have had something horrendous happen to them but are so fearful of sharing it with the world for whatever reason? What advice would you give them? I mean... Personally, I would say love yourself and do it for yourself before you do it for other people. Cause like now, like my motto is like find that little girl and find your why and do it for her. But like if it's still fresh 
and like they still are afraid to like come out and talk about it I would say like accept themselves and forgive themselves first and be able to like fully love yourself and then it's like the little steps to like come out about it and talk about it it's a wonderful advice London what 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 are some steps? Like, how do you know that you are able to love yourself? How do you know you're in that right zone? Well, I feel like it's different for everybody. And I feel like being able to forgive yourself is one way I was able to love myself and not being able to blame myself, you know, and like being happy with myself and like the way I look and not like being jealous of other people or like worried about what other people think of me, but like being able to like, stand tall you know and like walk through the halls with my head held high and like not afraid of what people think of me you know now you've had a few um friends that have that have listened to the other interview you did with anna and you you know you're being booked on uh what what will be a number of podcasts over the next Mm -hmm. you know for the rest of your life i suppose what's been some of the feedback that you've received from people that you that you like and trust I'm so grateful for like everybody I have because they have just given me so much like love and comfort. Like I'm so grateful for everybody, but like all my friends, it's more so girls because they also just like understand more, but they've been so loving. They're like, oh my, me and my friend, we both sat down in my room and listened to your podcast and just cried the whole time. Like you're going to help so many people. Like I can't wait to see where you go with this. And like my other friends, like I'm so proud of you. Like you've come so far like all of this yeah i'm getting lumps in my throat <laughs> i think i did the same thing as well um and this is the ultimate compliment right it's like the ultimate impact that you that you don't realize you can have when you have the courage and you know for people that haven't don't know anything about me for context like my journey is not anything like yours but i conquered drinking drugs and gambling and philandering and limiting beliefs and health issues and all this other stuff. And, and in the process uh, over a number of years, lost the majority of my circle of friends. Right. And I use inverted commons, inverted, inverted commas for those who are listening because they were not, not that they're bad people. We just, mm-hmm. we were different. Like they were, they were drinking buddies and, there was no substance into that friendship. And I think it's, and it's challenging when you make a stand, right? Like with what you've done and saying, I'm not going to be hell bound to this. I'm not going to be a victim to this. I'm going to live my life and live with my head high and my shoulders back like you're doing. And thankfully for the, for the most part, it seems that the response has been overwhelmingly positive, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how could it not be? But for those that are listening, if you ever experience any negative response from people when you share, right? So it's, it is important to share with people that you trust, all right, that will listen ideally without judgment, all right? That's a really important one. That if someone is attacking you for you talking about any of this kind of stuff, you're with whatever you've gone through, I've gone through, it is because they are manifesting their own insecurities all right it is a direct reflection of themselves and you know i think that's that's one of the things that i wish that i knew about going into my journey because when i was growing up london i was a people pleaser you know what i mean by Mm -hmm. that 
Yeah. And I, all I would try to do everything to get everyone to like me. And it's a lose, it's a loss game because you just can't mm-hmm. please everyone. If you pl- try and please everyone, you'll please no one. Right. Yep. If you stand for nothing, you fall for everything as they say. So as you grow and develop into this, this blossom into this amazing butterfly of, of a, like enlightenment, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's so exciting watching on this journey. And like, You've even started writing a book, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. I was like, because my favorite thing is writing, you know? And like, I juggled between like writing and like what else I want to do, but I want to do something like crazy fun and like travel the world, but write, you know? And then I met Anna and she was like, What do you want to be my write a book with me? And I was like, Yes. Like, I was like, this is like the best thing that could ever happen to me. And I was so excited, you know, and like I got down and I was like starting to type, you know, and like I, I didn't really realize how hard it was, you know, because I hadn't talked about it in a long time. And so it was bringing up a lot of like fresh and like new stuff. And it was hard, like being able to like say that to like the whole world, you know. Has that has that process of writing gotten easier? For sure it has. And like with the help of just like what you guys told me when I was on Anna's podcast, when you guys were talking to me after, uh, you guys said just like 200 words a day or like just like a paragraph or more in a day. And that's really helped me. And like, it doesn't even have to be in order, you know, just like whatever comes to your head, just like put it down. Yeah. And the fact that you're so receptive to this advice is so great, by the way, <laughs> because you know, maybe it wasn't made apparent, but I, the reason that I would love to read what you would have written is nothing to do with necessarily getting a book out into the world for other people. Mm -hmm. That's a part of it, but it's the healing that happens when you really submit to the universe and put it down on paper and write it in a way that no one's ever going to see it. And, Mm -hmm. and as it's on paper longer and it's out you become more and more accustomed to it. If you can imagine Anna keeping her secret for 20 plus years, when she first shared it, it was like the dam bursting. And now she can mm-hmm. share it in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people on a show, you know, like, and so it does get easier. And and I suppose a question I have for you, London, is what, what are some of the other benefits in your life anywhere that you've noticed since this whole experience i have noticed like a lot of more love from other people not that i didn't have it in the beginning but like they can just like understand and give me more sympathy because they know what i've gone through and i feel like i've been accepted more because of the maturity that have has come because of it so i've had a lot more opportunities and things i wouldn't have been able to do if it weren't for it because i want to have like the same maturity level that i have now I don't know where this question's come from, but it's just something I want to ask. Has it allowed you to step into your inner child more? Does that make well, any sense to you, that question? Let me, re- let, let me re-ask. So, so we all have an inner child mm-hmm. in us, and mine apparently loves ice cream and milkshakes. <laughs> and it's like my two-year-old inner child. And it's where all my 
like a lot of my creativity and my crazy ideas come from. And when I grew up as a child of divorce, London, I I was forced to grow up a lot faster than than what a normal kid in that environment and, and a normal environment would have had to do, right? And it's not a big deal. I'm grateful for everything I went through, but I neglected my inner child in that in those years, and so it kind of manifested itself as like as a full blown adult. And I just wonder if at any point after this experience, have you noticed any more connectedness to this inner child where you don't take yourself so seriously or I don't know? Yeah. So like after it happened, I'd like realized like how much I took for granted when I was younger, you know, and like how easy it was and like how like the only problems I had was like my sister stole my toy or something, you know? (laughs) So like, I like, I was like, I would mourn for it to come back, you know? And so like me and my friends, we would like promise each other, like we would like make every day the best day ever. That's our new motto. And so like whenever you say that one more time, can you say that one more time? Whenever I see my friends, we're like, make the today the best day ever. So every day is the best day ever. Fantastic. So better. So whenever I see my friend in the hall, I'm like, today's the best day ever. And <laughs> so like me and my friends goof around all the time. It's given me like maturity that I needed, but also like the child that I took for granted. Is that word we're looking for maybe empathy? It's given you more empathy yeah. for yourself and for other people? Mm-hmm. That's maybe where I'm trying to go. Sorry for, you know, you can tell I don't plan a lot of these questions. I'm flying by the seat of my pants with this stuff. But I'm I'm just, I'm so interested because I've met a lot of people in my life, London. I've met a lot of people and a lot of really brilliant, amazing people. I've been very fortunate. And then I've met you and I've never met anyone like you. I've never met a, a, someone of your age with your levels of maturity and your levels of balls, they call it, right? World's best courage coach. <laughs> And yet, you know, you're the most courageous person I know. You're the most courageous teenager I know, certainly. And and it is so inspiring. And I, you know, I've had moments in the time that I got to meet you guys. And I've thought about you and your story. And it's helped me overcome some little frivolous thing that I had going on in my life. And it is so inspiring. And I'm so, so blessed and fortunate to have stumbled across you and then had an opportunity to bring you on to get your message out into the world. So for people that are listening to this, that have a podcast that, that you feel like you could benefit from having London on, then you need to connect and, uh, and we can make that happen. Speaking of which, how do people get a hold of you if they can? Uh, You can contact me through my email, which is London Sophia um, at iCloud.com. And that's to spell the way it sounds. Yep. With London Sophia dot with a ph. Yeah. Okay. At icloud.com. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. London, do you have any concluding thoughts for our amazing audience today? I just want to thank you and Anna for everything that you've given me and the opportunities I've had. Cause I know I want to be here for free for you guys. Cause I want to know you, but <laughs> But I'm just so grateful for you guys. And you guys have helped so many people and so many more to come. So thank you. Well, you are so welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, London Pugmire. I got superpowers, superpowers. Working seven days a week and 24 hours. 
Yeah, I got the business saying this boy sure is up to something. Why don't you come and listen? Just don't hit the power button. They say I'm crazy when I say I got the superpowers. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.